Welcome to Just Go Grind, a show that focuses on helping you launch and grow a business and navigate the ups and downs of entrepreneurship. I'm your host, Justin Gordon, and in this episode, we have Lauren Brill, who is the CEO and founder of Sweet Lauren's, which you can find at sweetlorens.com. Sweet Lauren's is a clean food company. They have cookie dough and edible cookie dough that's gluten-free, non-GMO, plant-based, and absolutely delicious. And this company was on the 2019 Inc. 500 Fastest Private Going Companies at number 114. And Lauren was picked as part of the 2019 Inc. Female Founders 100, building America's most innovative and ambitious businesses. And Sweet Lauren's is in over 10,000 grocery stores across the United States. They are absolutely crushing it, have amazing products, and I can't wait for you to listen to this episode. As always, the show notes are at justgogrind.com slash podcast and you can support the show by leaving a rating and a review i would very much so appreciate that and the weekly grind weekly newsletter tips tools and strategies for growing a business comes out every friday you can find at justgrind.com slash newsletter without further ado here is lauren brill the ceo and founder of sweet lawrence lauren welcome to the show thank you for having me justin yeah, happy to have you on the show and lots to talk about with, with your business and how this started and everything. And uh, I think it'd be great to just, from a context for people, like what is what is Sweet Lawrence today? Where Where is it at? Where can people get it? Like what is this, this business kind of today and how it stands? Sure. So Sweet Lawrence is a clean food company. We're all about uh, really delicious taste, but really good ingredients. And so our first product line is refrigerated cookie dough. So we are the number one natural cookie dough in the US. And you can find our cookie dough in the refrigerated dough section of um, your local supermarkets like Publix, Kroger, Whole Foods, Ralph's, Vaughn, Safeway, um, and etc. And you know, our goal is really to make food that everyone at the dinner table can enjoy. So it's really delicious. Um, you know, if you just care about delicious, but we're also gluten-free certified, dairy-free, vegan, plant-based, peanut, tree nut-free, non-GMO verified. So kind of all dietary restrictions or lifestyles, um, you eat the same food. And um, that's our goal is that, you know, you feel good after you eat it. That's awesome. And obviously this is this huge empire that's been built up to this point did not start that way. Where, where did this, this company get started in the first place? How did it get started? Sure. So I grew up in New York and actually went to USC for college. And right after I graduated, uh, two months after graduation, I got sick. I was diagnosed with cancer when I was 22. It was incredibly, yeah, incredibly scary. Um, you know, no one's ever expecting that. But at 22, you know, you just finished college and you feel like invincible, like you're ready to be an adult and enter the world. And I had to go back home to New York and and go through chemo and treatment. Um, and basically, I had this year off of my life. And thankfully, I was totally cured. But it completely changed me because I really saw how important health and wellness is just number one. If you don't have your health, you don't have anything. And I became so passionate about doing anything I could to just feel good and strong. And my doctor, you know, was all about the medicine. um, But he had no suggestions really for um, food or nutrition or anything else. And to me, I'm a very holistic person, like I want to do everything I can. So 
Um, I'm very grateful that the medicine is out there, but I also, you know, needed something to ease my anxiety, something to keep me active and blood flowing and endorphins going, and I needed the right nutrition. So I got very into yoga and meditation, and um, I started taking cooking classes and nutrition classes because I was just making basically all my own food, and I wanted to make it delicious, but also very nourishing. Yeah. And, you know, so I, and this is also like over 12 years ago before natural foods was really cool. So I, felt, you know, I felt like I'm a weirdo doing this stuff. Um, but I couldn't deny how much better my body felt when I just ate real fresh food, you know, basically meaning nothing really packaged, just eating real whole ingredients, real fresh food. And I felt just my brain was working so much better, felt so much more positive. I felt so much more energetic. And that really gave me the energy, I believe, to help fight, you know, what I was going through. And so, um, you know, thankfully I was cured. And, um, but after that, I just, I have such a sweet tooth. <laughs> and I, I can relate. You know, and I was like, I want to, I never want to feel like I'm on a diet. Like I want to live a full life. Um, but I want to eat really clean and well because I, I just, I so respect my body and I love feeling good. And I, you know, I've always been athletic too. So I just, you know, I just was like, I have to think my body is, you know, this thing that has to constantly get fueled. I'm not just eating food for food. You know, how do we fuel it with delicious taste, but definitely ingredients that give it, you know, the most nourishment. And so I, you know, this with the sweet tooth and this newfound like love for clean food, I was like, what is out there? That every bakery basically uses white flour, white sugar, butter. Um, most packaged food is like yep. as cheap ingredients as you can possibly get because they just want to get the price as cheap as possible. You know, but that means you're eating really processed, um, you know, refined flours, really cheap oils, etc. And there's just nothing I wanted in my body. So I said, I'm going to reinvent a warm chocolate chip cookie. I know it's been done a million times, but I'm going to try to do it in a healthier way where the taste is even better. And um, I just became, you know, like a crazy, crazy scientist in my mom's <laughs> kitchen. And I just, I, I threw out all of our kind of old traditional ingredients that we had. Um, and I just fell in love with like all different types of whole grain flours, different types of healthier oils, you know, and just was like, okay, how do I, you know, make something? So um, I just kept tweaking it batch by batch. And then finally I came up with a recipe and my younger sister like loved it. And then I, I just started testing it on friends and family. And I saw the reaction over and over again where they weren't just trying to be nice. You know, they were like delicious. Like I don't get that crazy sugar high sugar crash. I feel so good. Um, and that's when I, it just had this aha moment of like, I'm not the only one who wants this. You know, everyone I meet wants healthier ways to satisfy their sweet tooth. And, um, you know, and then if I don't do something about this, you know, the kind of the big companies and these products that I don't love are going to be the only thing on the shelf. Like I have enough fire in my belly to compete and to create a brand that just I would want to buy or that I want to feed my kids one day. And that just became the big vision and goal from Sweet Lawrence. And so I got to meet with Whole Foods way before I had a packaged product just to like do a tasting with them and see what they thought. And they placed an order the next day. And um, yeah, I remember crying like on the street hearing that um, because I just needed someone else to believe in me, you know, and getting the Whole Foods, you know, seal of approval was, you know, felt huge. You know, little did I know that was just the beginning of all the hard work. And I was a, I was a one woman show for a really long time. I just I jumped in and tried to talk to anyone I knew and learned everything I could about the industry. And um, I found a factory and started 
you know, started ordering ingredients and producing it. And fast, you know, fast forward four four different factories later, you know, um, tons of tweaking. You know, for the first year, I'll say probably it was probably one of the, the hardest year I've had. You know, I was producing at this factory that didn't even make cookie dough yet, so I I had to teach them how to make cookie dough. And you know, I had no idea how to make cookie dough oh, in wow. bulk. You know, in like a big big mixer, not just in your home mixer where you make like one or two dozen. So it was all an experiment. I was just learning as I was going. Um, I learned, you know, about designing packaging. Um, our first packaging was not pretty on the eye, but I just, you know, I didn't know. I just, I went with my gut and I went with what was affordable. And, you know, we launched it. And then I was only in a couple Whole Foods in New York to begin. And I really recommend that for anyone starting a business to try to just um, test market someplace and really learn from it because it'll never be perfect out the gate. And, I was that girl sampling. So, you know, in the aisle, I had my table, I had a little toaster oven, I was literally baking fresh warm cookies for people walking by. Um, And, you know, the best part of it was I heard over and over again, this is genius. Oh my God, of course I want this. I'm always looking for something to satisfy my sweet tooth, you know, um, but I don't want too much of it. I love that I can just eat a little. I love your ingredients. Um, all that, you know, and then I also heard feedback, like, I can't read what flavor it is, or can you package it differently, or all these things. And so I just kept collecting all that data, and then using that to refine the product. And so I moved to a bigger factory the next year, made those tweaks, you know, grew into more stores, listened to more feedback, tweaked it again, you know, and now we're in our fourth factory, you know, this is this is our home, we'll be here, um, you know, for a long time, but it's, um, and now our products in over 10,000 supermarkets. That's incredible. And there's, I want, definitely want to go back a, a little bit here just because <laughs> people are going to hear like, oh yeah, I got into Whole Foods. Yeah, yeah, like, wait, go back. Uh, how did that come about? And how did you even choose at the beginning? Like, okay, there's a lot of different distribution channels potentially. There's a lot of ways to go about this. I'm just going to go talk to Whole Foods. Like, how did you think about that at the time? So it's actually a funny story. So um, when I started thinking about Sweet Lawrence, my mom you know, my mom was like, okay, you can live at home for, you know, six months to a year, but you, you better have a business going. Um, otherwise you can't be here. And so, you know, I, I just knew I had to take this very seriously from the beginning. And, um, but that was really good because, you know, it's so overwhelming to start a company and to figure out what your business plan is. So, you know, I, I, I took this business course that I found where, you know, you met once a week and it just helps you write a business plan. And because in my head, I was really debating, do I create a product? And if I do, what type of product? You know, this could be baked cookies, baking mix, cookie dough. You know, there's different ways to kind of package my concept. Or does should I have a bakery, you know, like a standing location? And um, yeah. and so I worked, you know, on this business plan to kind of figure out the pros and cons to everything. Um, and, you know, really kind of concluded I wanted a product. I wanted to be in consumer packaged goods. I wanted something that could be highly scalable and that could reach as many people as possible and really change the industry. And um, this guy in my business course, um, his name is Corey, he actually worked in Whole Foods um, just in like an overnight shift, restocking shelves. I mean, he was in this course because he wanted to open up a bike shop. And But I would bring, I was always testing recipes. So I would always bring like, you know, dozens of cookies. So I'd bring them to, you know, the, the business course. So everyone had tried the product. And Corey just, I said to Corey one day, like, how does one get into Whole Foods? You know, I had no idea what the process was like. And he was like, I don't know, that's my manager. And then he called me the next day and was like, Lauren, I got you a meeting with the head buyer at the Columbus Circle Whole Foods. It's like wow. one of New York's biggest Whole Foods. 
Um, just come in, tell him your story, give him the sample, see what he says. And a part of me wanted to be like, I hate you, Corey, because I'm <laughs> not ready for that. I, my website literally said coming soon. I had no packaged product yet because I didn't know what I was creating. You know, I, all I could do was bake cookies. Um, but it was a really good lesson because it was this moment where I realized like opportunities are going to come up, especially when you ask for things. And, you know, when these opportunities come up, if you're scared of them, they might not come up again. And if you want something like, you know, I just realized if I'm starting this business, it's all on me. No one else is going to do this for me. It's not going to magically grow itself. If I'm really doing this, I'm gonna have to put a hundred percent of myself in and take advantage of every meeting, every opportunity and just show up and do the best I can. So I showed up to this meeting with like, this beautiful display of cookies. You know, I baked 12 different kinds of cookies I was working on and a one pager. And the one pager basically just said what my story, why, why I believed in natural food so much um, because of my personal story of what I went through, um, why I wanted something like Sweet Lawrence on the shelf because, you know, I couldn't find something similar um, and that, you know, nothing was better than a warm cookie. And so that's why I had this idea of like a baking mix or like cookie dough so that, you know, you could, you would have that experience in your own home. And I really connected with the buyer. He loved the samples. And then he really actually spent the time. This is also before Amazon, you know, bought Whole Foods and, you know, it's kind of a different world now, but Whole Foods yeah. was, was, and, and probably still is, but was so good about kind of supporting local small brands because that's what made food special. And so you know, he took the time and he walked me around the grocery store and he said, let's look at the different areas you could, you could launch in, you know, and I'll tell you how, you know, do they move fast? Does it make a lot of money? Does it not? And after we walked all around, you know, we kind of decided on cookie dough. And I was like, you know what? A lot of my customers say that they love eating my cookie dough raw, you know, like I would just make cookie dough for a friend and be like, bake this off later at your own house. And they would eat it raw you know, and make some. And so I was like, really, people love the cookie dough raw too. And so all these things, you know, just helped me figure out, okay, cookie dough is what people get most excited about. Cookie dough is basically life for a lot of people. <laughs> Absolutely. And warm cookies. And um, no one had built the next brand name in natural cookie dough. There's kind of just like two iconic names that we've all grown up with, but, you know, they don't stand for natural. And, um, so that was the vision. And he called the next day and placed an order and said, our team has never tasted you know, something so good, made of such good ingredients. How soon can we get it on the shelf? And that was, you know, that, that moment was just like, okay, someone else really is going to give me a shot. You know, this doesn't, this doesn't guarantee success, but again, I'm going to show up. I'm going to give it up my all. And that's where I jumped in and found a factory and uh, ran the smallest run we could run and, you know, started sampling it in the store and, and then slowly growing. Yeah, and with, with that too. So that that was obviously such a huge moment, like you know, validation for this idea and the work you had already put in up into that point. And you had mentioned like crying afterwards. I'm sure it's such an emotional time. And once you kind of agreed to it and had that, was it a matter of like, okay, what, what what kind of timeline did you have to deliver on this? Like, you know, how fast did you have to actually get this to them? I'm curious on just some of that early on details. Um. Yes. So yeah, exactly. He called and then was like, okay, how soon can we get this? And I was like. I was like, um, give me a month. And in my head, in one month, I could go from like my mom's kitchen to like a factory, which is ridiculous, right? Like, but I literally thought I could pull it off. So I was like, one, just give me one month. And in one month, I really thought I could like find a factory, design packaging, run test runs, you know, and ship it to them. It took seven months. 
Um, oh my God. <laughs> I kept emailing him every month saying, I'm going as fast as I can. You know, we're, we're, we're it's going to be amazing. Um, and, you know, and we, we just kept an open communication line. And finally, you know, after seven months, it, it came in. And um, yeah, and, and, you know, and, and again, that's where I did a lot of the sampling and learning. Yeah. And with that too, so uh, you mentioned it a one person show. So you at the beginning, you're, you're finding a factory to deliver on this. Take me through then because I'm always curious in the beginning parts, especially like you actually in the stores, like the first weeks you're in, you're in these stores. How does it go? Like how, how was it then those first couple of weeks? Um, so yeah, so the first couple of weeks, again, I mean, so I had to take a bus three and a half hours upstate New York to go to this factory that I'd found. Um, so, you know, I just, instead of being complaining about it, I was just so excited that I had this opportunity. Um, and then I was like, just making something from nothing, you know, and, and like just seeing what I could do and living life to the fullest. That's what it felt like. I just was like, I am kind of doing the impossible right now and it feels amazing. So, you know, so I found this factory because I could find big, fa- first of all, it's hard to find factories in general. They're, they're kind of secretive. Um, uh, and they're really busy and they don't want to deal with companies that like are going to come and go. Right. So you really got to prove yourself. Yeah. So I also had like three whole foods customers. So it's not like I, I would, you know, that's not that much. We're not going to order that much. Um, so you're not set, you're not, you're not a billionaire yet. You know, even though when you hear whole foods, you're like, Oh, you're set. It, it does not work like that. Like the food industry is so much about volume. Um, and I'm talking massive volume. So I knew I just need to find the smallest factory possible just to get me started because um, I couldn't, you know, if I ran a big run to begin, I, I, there's no way I could sell all of that at one time, you know, and then be, right. I'd lose a lot of money. So spent a lot of time, found this small factory in upstate New York, took a three and a half bus ride to get to get there. They'd never made cookie dough, um, but, you know, cookie dough is not so complicated. So, you know, I, I had my recipe that I made in my mom's kitchen and you know, one of the guys there helped me just scale it up so it fit like the size mixer that they use. And we we made one batch. It wasn't great. We had to throw it out. But then the next batch was was good and we could actually use that. And, you know, um, I started designing, you know, the sticker that went it basically our first packaging and it was so ghetto. Our first packaging <laughs> was um, in a tub. It was in like Tupperware, you know, like that you buy like soup in like like, like that foggy, you know, Tupperware. <laughs> You know, like yeah. plastic, um, not top, but you know what I'm saying? Like that, that kind of reusable, yeah. disposable Tupperware. So, um, right. anyway, so like that was, that was the product and I had three different flavors of cookie dough and then I had a brownie batter. Yeah. And it, it so, I mean, I don't even know, you know, it's like, we just, we just made it. We, and then we, we stored it in the freezer and then we were like, okay, like fingers crossed, you know? Then I had to figure out how to get it from upstate New York to New York City. Because when you only have, you know, these 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 Whole Foods were ordering such a small amount at the beginning just to test it. They're not ordering, you know, truckloads of this. So when I hired someone who worked at the factory to drive it into the city and drop it off. So that was a whole nother thing I had to maneuver. And then, um, and that was kind of dangerous because it had to be kept really cold, you know. Um, and so you know, we had to buy a special bag box to like put all of it in to drive it in his car. But, you know, it, it had to show up at a certain temperature, it couldn't be warm, it couldn't be, you know, it couldn't be above some a certain degree. So 
uh, I managed that for, you know, several months. And then, yeah. And then, and then, you know, I was that girl sampling it once a week in the store, um, which was exhausting. I mean, I had to lug a suitcase around New York City subways into, you know, the Whole Foods. Um, I was carrying a toaster oven in my suitcase because, you know, you like this is cookie dough. So you want to bake it warm and fresh and give everyone that experience. But, it was, you know, the chocolate melted everywhere. It got so much. Oh, it was well, I think back to those days, I'm like, oh, that was miserable. I mean, it was so exhausting. It's such a slug. Um, but, you know, like, that's how I learned, you know, and, and that's, you know, that's, those were kind of invaluable times. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, there, there's going to be a lot that takes you from one, M, one, one store, so one Whole Foods to three Whole Foods, to then 10,000 stores. Take me through like some of the some of the growth in terms of how you grew kind of even from those first initial stores to, to beyond that. Was it a matter of like even like, oh, the demand is so high, we definitely need our factory. We're in like 10 stores now. Like how did that go? How did that progress even in the first like maybe like year or two uh, of having the business? So so I got into Whole Foods that first year. And then the second year I won a contest, a um, contest called the Next Big Small Brand for Food. And it was put on by this design agency. And so that was really cool because, you know, I, I, it was great to be, again, recognized by someone um, outside of, you know, like my family or whatever, and like win this contest, really feel. Um, and then what you won from from this contest was d- like branding work. So I got really top quality um, packaging design work, which is a huge deal in food. your packaging is your commercial, right? Like you have to have great packaging and make it really easy to understand what's inside. Um, Because when someone walks into a supermarket, there's 30,000 options, you know? So, so it was, so, so that was the second year. And it was also, you know, that was really like validating. And then I moved to this new factory, right? So things were slowly moving up then, um, or then I just started receiving a lot of press. I got on the Today Show with Hoda Kotb. Um, she became a huge fan. Then I was in Marie Claire magazine, voted top entrepreneur, and you know was in the spread. Um, and and all those things again just helped me build confidence, helped validate that like I was even though this was really hard work, I was you know doing something that was really having an impact, and people were noticing. Um, and so you know I went from those three stores in Whole Foods to like literally taking a car and driving it to every single, there's like almost 30 Whole Foods around, you know, New York and New Jersey, driving it to the meat hand, you know, hand delivering fresh cookies to every single one of those buyers to, you know, get them on board. Um, and then, you know, from there we were able to get, you know, into another region. And I think, you know, doing trade shows, I started doing Expo West, which is this big natural trade show for, you know, it's like the biggest trade show for natural foods. So just kind of starting to be in the industry, meeting people and networking, becoming friends with people. Um, And then the real breakthrough moment was we'd switch to our third factory, an even bigger factory that could really scale um, and produce, you know, refrigerated cookie dough um, the way that we wanted. And I met actually Hamdi, the founder of Chobani Yogurt, and he was such an awesome guy and, and, and kind of became my mentor and just um, brought me his, like his team, like kind of just brought me in and, and they just wanted to be helpful. And so that was really cool because I just saw like kind of what a great leadership team is like. And then I got 
um, a meeting, you know, someone on their team was just like, why don't we meet with Publix or, you know, and Kroger? And I was like, I, would they even bring me in? I mean, I have no idea how it works. So I pitched Publix and, um, you know, Publix is more based in the Southeast. So it's not a supermarket that I grew up going to in New York, but it is one of the biggest, best supermarkets in the U.S. And so I pitched them. And because the cookie dough category, you know, before I entered, it was pretty much on the decline. You know, it wasn't growing. Um, it, you know, there was nothing really natural or clean or innovative in it. And, you know, a buyer's job at a supermarket is to grow each category, you know, bring new people yeah. to the category, make it exciting. And so he actually was like, I'd like to take a meeting. You know, this is this is a sleepy category. So I flew down, met with him alone, um, brought fresh samples. I stayed in a hotel room that had like a mini kitchen so I could bake fresh cookies in the morning. Mm. You know, and I came there and um, told him my story, had him try the product, gave them a ton of our cookie dough and said, you know, just give it to everyone, you know, and see what their response is. Because, you know, that's why I was so confident in Sweet Lawrence was I saw the response people had time and time again. And so, you know, he gave it to his wife, he gave it to people on the floor. And then um, we got in, we got into all stores, which, you know, pretty unheard of for, um you know, a, a new brand, right, that isn't national yet. And so they really took a chance on us. They launched us nationally, and then Kroger launched us nationally. And those were epic moments that um, really made us, you know, kind of a multi-million dollar business overnight. And that's when I was like, okay, you know, we, I'm, I'm ready to, I need, first of all, and I'm finally ready to bring on a real team. And so I brought on a, an amazing VP of sales who had worked at Chobani and had left. Um, and so, and she loved that. She loved the beginnings of Chobani where she was able to build, you know, like she loved the crazy hustle years where, you know, you're building um, a brand that people love. And so she came on board, which was so important because um, managing these huge companies, you know, and supermarkets is, it takes a lot of expertise and, um, then brought on an amazing COO, um, who she had owned her own olive oil business in the past. And so she knew how to manage our factory. Yeah. And so, you know, we, we just started building the team. Um, and so that's, you know, and so that was about four years ago. And so for four years, you know, we've just been growing and growing and growing it. And the supermarket industry is, you know, it, it's slow in a sense, like it, you get a meeting once a year, usually. So, you know, they can't bring in new products every month, you know, you kind of have to wait every year to get something new on the shelf and um, to be able to grow. And so we've just, you know, kept it slow and steady. And so most of our businesses, cookie dough sold in supermarkets, but we also do food service as well. Like we sell our cookie dough in bulk to um, colleges, fast casual restaurants, hospitals, things like that. And so um, that's another side of our business. And then we also, you know, ship from our website direct to consumer. So, you know, we've just been kind of growing the business and diversifying. Um, and and now we're just planning new products. Yeah. And, and with that too, so going back to like kind of diversifying and looking at looking at those different streams. So with the retail side of things being in just different chains, and then like the e-commerce side and even like the universities, with, with, with that, especially really focusing on the e-commerce side, how have you thought through that side of things, especially when we have the COVID situation that we're kind of currently going through, um, how much focus has the e-commerce side been, or has it kind of been like always built off the grocery store? Like, how has that gone for you? Yeah, so e-commerce. Um, so because our product is refrigerated and perishable, um, you know, and sold next to like the milk and eggs, and 
you know, that's really where consumers, the majority of consumers are still buying those perishable products. You know, they're, they're going into a supermarket to buy their eggs and their milk, um, and their cookie dough, you know, and their cheese or whatever it is kind of regularly. If we had a product that was more shelf stable, like crackers or, you know, a paper towel or, you know, something like that, it would be, it would be a much easier e-commerce play because, you know, then you can ship it ground from your website. It can't melt, you know, all those things Um, are, you know, so when it's a perishable product, it's a lot more expensive to ship um, because it's a fragile product. You have to keep it at a certain temperature. So we put dry ice in ours with a special shipper. So um, our e-commerce is, you know, and you have to buy multiple at one time online for us because it just doesn't make sense otherwise because the cost to ship it, you know, we have to ship it overnight or two days three days, you know, at the most, it's not like we can just let it ship for a week or two. So, you know, all those things have um, made most of our business really be in supermarkets, because that's where most people are buying these perishable products. But COVID, I mean, thankfully, our sales have very much increased all over, you know, in supermarkets, but online drastically, we've had a huge boom in our e commerce business, because, um, you know, people are home, and they're baking more than ever, you know, I don't know if you've like, read the articles, but like, you know, baking has replaced baseball or become the new baseball, you know, is is what people are saying. (laughs) And so, you know, I think for us, I'm just grateful that we can ship direct to consumer and keep people safe. So if they don't feel comfortable going to a grocery store, it's like, we got you, you know, we can literally deliver this right to your door and keep you and your family safe. But, um, you know, I think Sweet Lawrence has done really well right now because, you know, baking is fun. It brings joy to people's homes. People need to eat, you know, they're not going out to the restaurants the way that they were or to friends' homes as much. And so, you know, and then it's a stress reliever. It's like, um, it's people love baking because it's very like therapeutic and it's it's just been known to be a, a good anxiety and stress reliever so that's fun and then also you know kids are home a lot and you know they're not in school or camp or or having play dates the way they used to as much and so you know you have a, if you have a family with kids running around you know you got to feed them and our product, you know, is ready to go like when you open the package there's portions of cookie dough in it so you can just throw it on a on a baking tray and put it in your toaster oven or regular oven and it's done in 10 minutes. So, you know, it's just no fuss or mess. And so we give people, you know, it's convenient and it saves people time. And, you know, I think we're all stressed right now. So it's like whatever we do, you know, to yeah. kind of make it easy for anyone to really enjoy life and celebrate moments and have delicious meals. Like, you know, that's what's I think keeping a lot of us going right now. Yeah, absolutely. And you were talking about kind of new products and how you going through like what that process is. I would be curious to, to hear more about like how you're how do you look at like new products in terms of which ones you want to launch? How does the testing go for that? Um, even like what is what is that experience like when you're saying okay, we're going to launch a new product? What is this going to be? Like, take me through that side of things a little bit. Sure. So, you know, so new products. We've stayed very focused on cookie dough for the last you know five years. I. If you told me five years ago, we'd still be doing cookie dough five years in, I'd be like, no way. Like there's so many other products we could launch. It's not because we couldn't launch other products. It's just, it takes so long just to become the number one in your category and um, just to stay hyper-focused yeah. and really perfect your flavors and the packaging. And um, so, you know, I think now we finally feel like, okay, we got the, the right assortment of cookie dough. We have great packaging on the shelf. Like, you know, we're great. We're good here. Like where else 
Um, do we see a need in the market? Where else are our customers asking for product? You know, and um, and also, what does this new world look like? And how can we create a product that fits this new world that we're all in? You know, um, at least for a couple of yeah. years. And so, so I think those are the things we play we play around with. And um, I can't say exactly what we're working on, but um, it's exciting. And I think. It's something we've been working on for a while. You know, that's our goal is just to continue to grow into more products that, you know, people just can't wait to have in their house. It makes their life easier um, and they feel good about eating it. It's delicious, but it's made of really good ingredients too. Absolutely. And and as you kind of have looked back at these these years growing Sweet Lawrence so far, I mean, have there been any particular kind of challenges or mistakes you either wish you didn't have made or like what would help to someone else in this kind of industry would help to know not to make these mistakes potentially? Oh, so many. I mean, all I've done is, you know, learn and learn and learn and learn. But um, I mean, I guess my, my biggest advice is when you're starting, you know, there's just no way um, we're all great at everything. Like, I, so I think like, really, when you're starting, make sure that you just kind of test out all areas of running a business and be honest with yourself or get feedback from like, a friend or an advisor or a mentor, what are your strengths? Like, what should you focus on? And immediately bring in really like the smartest people you can find that you trust to fill in the other areas. Because there's just not enough time in the day for one person to do everything really well in general. But also you'll be so happy and amazed when you bring on when you get to focus on what your strengths are and you bring on someone who's even smarter than you in, let's say it's operations or finance or marketing, um, you'll be able to grow so much faster. And so, you know, if I could go back, I just would have, I was a one woman show for too long. I think it's, it, it, it was just exhausting. I almost burnt out, you know, and yeah. um, as opposed to trying to find, I don't know, the team that could help us just kind of go forward faster that being said, it's hard to go back in time because now I, you know, I, I love our team so much. And the, the truth is, is sometimes, you know, when you start a business, the people that could start it with you aren't necessarily the people that will be there in the next two years um, for whatever reason, you know? And so, you know, you, at the same, so I would say, I would say that's the goal. Um, but then you just really have to, as an entrepreneur, my biggest advice is just really making sure you don't burn out. So whatever you can do to stay mentally really fit, like this is a marathon, uh, staying super passionate every day, super healthy, super sharp, um, just nothing can run you down. And so whatever you need to do personally to get there, to me is just like top, top priority. Otherwise, you'll be gone in two seconds. Yeah. And for you, what is that? I'm just curious. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's, I work out daily. Like I need to have my alone time and just where I can take care of myself and like get endorphins going and just physically feel really connected and strong. And so, you know, that's maybe like a run or yoga or when I used to go to the gym, like when things were normal, you know, like I left the spin class. Um, so, you know, so I just like mixing it up and I have a couple of my favorite things that I do. And then I need really good food around me, just like really fresh, clean food. Um, if I eat junk, like I'm just in a bad mood. So I just don't do it. So, you know, keeping fresh, good food around me. And then I, I really am my best when I can work really hard throughout the day. But then I always have like something to look forward to um, throughout the day as well. So like whether that's, you know, a call with a friend or like drinks with a friend or whatever it is it's just kind of my time to connect and let loose and um socialize because when you're 
running a company, you're just so by yourself a lot. And um, it's good to kind of relax and stay connected and also realize there are other things in the world, you know? <laughs> yes, absolutely. That's actually one of the things, uh, just having like something to look forward to at the end of the day, throughout your weeks, like those things for me has always been like the most helpful as I'm like working nonstop uh, to have those things like force you to, oh yeah, this is why I'm doing this. This, this is a great part of life, having those friend happy hours or virtual happy hours or whatever that may be during COVID times, obviously. Um, but then as you're working, you have kind of a stopping point too, because otherwise it can be nonstop. And then like you said, that's kind of how you burn out. One of the things too I'm wondering about, is there any uh, particular like book that's been helpful or any suggestions you've made on the book or audio book or anything like that type of thing for aspiring entrepreneurs? So um, yeah, I love biographies of successful entrepreneurs. So my two favorites are the Steve Jobs biography and then also Phil Knight, the founder of Nike, um, Shoe Dog, his book. They're just, um, to me, they so energized me. They're like two of my favorite books of all time. It made me feel less crazy, um, you know, because no one knows what they're doing at the, at the beginning. You know, they're just determined and they're passionate and they have to have a support system around them. And um, anyway, so I just learned so much about how to handle meetings. I mean, it's something even so simple, but like with Phil Knight, for instance, like when he was negotiating with these, his factories and, you know, he went through so many crazy moments. Um, and one of the guys from the factory was like coming to meet him in his office. You know, it's like moments like that happen all the time where you have to have hard conversations and you don't have that much time to prepare and you're kind of freaking out. And, you know, he and his, you know, kind of partners in the company, you know, his, the couple employees that kind of were with them, you know, all they did was just kind of shoot around scenarios like, okay, let's plan. What if, what if we do with plan A? And then what about plan B? And then maybe plan C? And, you know, they just were shooting around kind of different ways that they could handle the conversation. And then, you know, and then they pull it off. Right. Um, yeah. And, and it's like those little things like that are intuitive, but just hearing how in real time someone would handle such a stressful situation I just started absorbing all those things. And it's like, that's, you know, that's what we do. We, we practice five different scenarios all the time when we're, when we're working on new things. And so it makes you really mentally fit and agile and, um, you know, practice is good for everyone. So, yeah, so I would recommend those are two of my favorite personally. Yeah, I'll definitely say Shoe Dog was one of my favorites. I've read it a couple of times and I've had a few different guests recommend that. It's such a such a good book. It's such a good book. And and with you too, with with your day now, I mean, it might be different because of COVID, but how do you kind of uh, approach your day and manage your time day to day in your role, obviously running Sweet Lawrence? So I, I manage my day, you know, I thankfully have a great team now. So um, they really, I attribute the running, the day to day running of Sweet Lawrence is all on them. They do such a great job running the day to day, which is yeah. such a great position to finally be in so that I can think about, I can do things like this. You know, if I was managing our operations right now, you know, I couldn't be on interviews or um, have the time to meet new people or even work on product development. So, you know, I wake up and I, I just, uh, to be honest, even during COVID, I've, I've actually like never been busier, but it's like all exciting and good. So I, you know, I just try to do really high level things. Um, my passions are the marketing and innovation. So I'm very much involved in um, marketing and we're doing some really exciting things right now and, and product development and innovation. So those are the things I focus on. But 
you know, I do check-ins one-on-one with a lot of people, you know, on our team um, to, you know, just have conversations about what's happening in industry, hearing them vent, giving advice, coaching, whatever it is. Um, I do a lot of interviews. Um, My goal is, you know, to get the word out, to get the story out about Sweet Lawrence and just drive more brand awareness. Um, So few people know about us. So it's, you know, it's exciting just to get to have our story be told more, you know, and I'm really involved in just like managing the company. So overall, all the high level decisions that have to get made, you know, are happening multiple times a day. And so we have a good rhythm, though, you know, every Monday, we have a check in, everyone on the team is on a call, we do a check in and then um, like priorities for the week, what, what everyone's working on and every Wednesday, I have like a management meeting where like our senior team, um, we're really diving into the details of the company. And, um, and yeah, and then we have happy hour, you know, to kind of just have fun with the team where no one's allowed to talk about work, you know, so, <laughs> nice. you know, so that, you know, every day is different, but similarly packed with things like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Lauren, where can people go to learn more about Sweet Lawrence? So you can head over to our website, which is sweetlorens.com. And there you can find out all the information about um, our cookie dough. We have four flavors of the place and bake um, that you can bake or eat raw. And then we have two jars of edible cookie dough, which is just like in a jar and you just can scoop it and eat it raw. And you can um, throw your zip code into like our easy store locator on our website and it'll show you where we're sold near you. Um, you can also order online direct to consumer from that website, um, or just find where we're sold near you and check us out in your local supermarket and sign up for our newsletter. Follow us on social media at sweet L O R E N S. We just do a ton of fun stuff and you can make a lot of recipes with our cookie dough. And again, everything we do is really simple, clean ingredients, but it's also gluten-free, dairy-free, vegan, plant-based, nut-free. So if you know anyone who has a dietary restriction or a food allergy, um, tell them about Sweet Lawrence because honestly, it'll change their life and they'll be very grateful. Absolutely. And I'll be sure to link all that up as well in the show notes, just grind.com slash podcast. Lauren, thank you so much for the time today. I really appreciate it. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to this episode of Just Go Grind. I really appreciate you taking the time to listen. The Weekly Grind, which is my weekly newsletter, comes out every single Friday. You can find it at justgogrind.com slash newsletter. This is filled with tips, tools, and strategies for growing your business. If you want to know how to launch a business, how to grow it, how to get it off the ground, find employees, all these different things. There's a few tips, tools, and strategies every single week I deliver right to you. Justgogrind.com slash newsletter. Check it out. Thank you so much for listening. Talk to you in the next episode.